Hey folks, this podcast is brought to you by RivianStories.com. Please join us there to get the latest Rivian news, pics, and videos from Rivian owners and true fans. We also have t-shirts, hats, and gear guides for your next adventure. And lastly, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even both. It actually does help us grow and keep making content. Thanks. Let's talk about the big communication that came out this weekend from Rivian about updated uh, delivery windows for a large portion of the outstanding pre-order community, especially those who had 2022 dates who are staying in 2022. Um, a lot of emails came out over the weekend. Us who have ordered R1Ss finally have some updated windows. Do either of you just have some top of mind reactions? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I think that it's a good thing that, that Rivian came out with this announcement finally we we all sensed that r1s at least was going to be delayed and we actually heard some rumors about potentially why in the weeks and even months leading up and mm -hmm. i think just just to be candid with the audience i think it boils down to th three things so one is absolutely supply chain constraints and, and parts mm -hmm. issues. Um, number two, and they mentioned it in the email, wanting to focus on quality right out of the gate, right out of the door with the R1S, which I think is extremely important. And mm -hmm. the third thing that, that we had heard is that R1Ss were slowing down the production line. And quite mm -hmm. frankly, for Rivian's best interest and the best interest of the majority of the customer base, it's good that they don't want to slow things down too much until they're full bore ready to go with the R1S. And I feel like it was probably slow due to either quality or parts issues and potentially mm -hmm. parts quality issues. And right. mm -hmm. I feel like Rivian's doing the best thing for the greatest amount of people by mm -hmm. delaying the R1S, if that makes sense. It does. And it's well said. I agree that Rivian's doing the right thing here for the greatest amount of people. And that is the right thing for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and I think that from RS on our backers chat and from most of the reaction there, you know, people are like, well, at least we know. Feels good to know again. I'll go back to our backers call um, mm -hmm. last week. We had it right when we said that Rivian, if they were going to have delays with the R1S, they were going to try to pump out as many R1Ts before the end of the year in order to hit their 25,000 or get as close as possible to the 25,000. Because what we saw in the email, um, or at least in the second one, was a lot of was a lot of people moved up that were second half 23, first half 23. R1Ts. Um, they, R1Ts all got moved up. I say mm. all, I don't say all got moved up, but a, a good portion of the RS community um, moved up to 2022 um, because they had R1Ts on pre-order. Mm -hmm. 
Rivian, since probably 2020, has said they had everything they needed for all the, all the launch editions. Mm-hmm. And that that very well could have been the case. They could have had everything they needed for all the launch editions. But when the quality, you know, like they said in the email, the quality of the parts, or what Skylar said, the quality of the parts, or they ran into issues with said parts because the parts look quality, but then once they put them on the vehicle, um, they don't function like they should. You know, and then you realize that it wasn't just a onesie twosie. It was a whole lot or a whole batch of parts that now were returned to sender. You know, it's it affects more than just a couple of trucks or a couple of vehicles. It affects, you know, thousands or tens of thousands at this point. You know, Skylar mentioned quality control. Sure, I'm at this point willing to wait another four months, you know, going from March, April to August, September for them to get quality right. You know, that makes me happy as a customer, as a pre-order holder, that they would actually get it correct. Any kind of summary that you guys want to give as far as the community right now, like where they're at? Kyle, I feel like a lot of the community is upset with the thought of additional delays, but I feel differently. I'm I'm not upset by mm-hmm. the delays. I think the delays are understandable in a number of in a number of ways and for a number of potential reasons. I'm glad Rivian finally came out and communicated it. My biggest issue, and if I'm gonna gripe about something, it's that there were people with March, April ETAs like you. April, May mm-hmm. ETAs like me, that Rivian just let those blow by without communication. And that right. that is the part that I have a problem with. I feel like we should have seen or heard about this right. earlier. There are a few like OGs, some of the originals that we know well that are basically done donezo (laughs) and you know they might take delivery but then flip it because they just can't wait any longer to get that vehicle that they got rid of x y and z date and all that kind of stuff and that's understandable too that's fine the other thing as far as the youtube crowd we'll see some comments from like a prediction video we did a couple weeks ago and they'll be like oh you whiners like don't you understand that everything's late and without any context of the history lesson here that this isn't like the first time (laughs) like for almost four years in the fifth delay you know what i mean it's kind of what we got because you know my first delivery date was in 2020 and then it was in you know summer 2021 then fall sometime 2021 and then march april 2022 and now august so it's i have my fifth date right now so as far as the overall like get over, I understand where some people are frustrated at this point and like, oh, I just got to move on. That's totally fair. That's fine. We've said many, many, many times at this point that communication has to be more frequent and earlier. We're two months past my closed window and I'm having my first communication about a new window. Right. Even like an address of it, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, to something that you've always said, Kyle, too, it's like when there's too much quiet from Rivian, <laughs> it, it's never good. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, 
it never the the next communication that we do finally get is always really bad news. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I mean Rivian, you can keep it up and we'll we'll just know right away. <laughs> or you know, that it, there's a delay coming, or you can learn and because of this learning experience, you can now give us this information, maybe not necessarily ahead of time, but like as our windows are approaching, mm-hmm. you know, give us that information. Because yep. there are people, you know, Skylar, you're one of them. You got you got rid of that Jeep Grand Cherokee uh, over a year ago now, or right at a year. Um, yeah, little over now. Yep. Uh, Right. You know, so there are people that have given up vehicles because their window was approaching and now they're down, you know, a vehicle because they had assumed incorrectly. But because there was no communication, nothing was assumed that anything was wrong. But now we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No communication. Yeah. Yeah. Equals, equals not good. That does bring up one thing, Jimmy, that I had actually thought of on a walk over the weekend um, when I was kind of thinking about all this stuff and what could be kind of like useful information to tell the people on YouTube or the community in general. And we had said a few weeks ago that the new delivery dates, oh, we just wouldn't believe. I think I said that, let's be honest. (laughs) And it's not like I'm not believing it, but you come to just... I'll believe it when I see it is where we're at right now. And so one just practical advice we'd say for any new car company, Rivian, Lucid, anyone, and even the legacy ones who are trying to get a brand new EV off the ground is keep your car. That's what we've learned. (laughs) Do not sell a car anticipating delivery of, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I really do believe that's anyone at this point. Better advice could not be spoken. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the other hand is, if you've got an opportunity to get a vehicle at a great price now that you can drive, even if it's a short period of time, it might behoove you to to drive that car, expecting to only drive it for three when you might actually be driving it for nine months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One other thing that I will add on here because I'm already anticipating comments about it and I've heard it before. So with us talking about Rivian communicating kind of more early and more often, there will be those people in, even in the comments of this video that say Rivian cannot communicate that because now they're worried about the stock price and the reaction on the market. And I, I think that's false because, hey, the, the market could hear about it early and react to it, or they can hear about it now and react to it. And in the long term, it's not going to matter when they right. communicate something. So for all those people that, are say, that, that will say, that Rivian cannot be transparent because of the market. I, I disagree. I think they should be more transparent because they have an obligation to be transparent with the stockholders and employees and customers, honestly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I thought that you were going to go towards people saying, how do you expect you guys are expecting too much communication out of a big corporation like Rivian they don't want to put all these dates out there because of people like you. Cause we've had a few of that. I'm like, 
we're not asking about communication to fans right now. We're, we're talking about communication to pre-order to customers. Yes. Who have, and, who have paid deposits and who um, are past windows. Right. Yeah. Right. And communications to customers. Yeah. The market will find out about it, but mm -hmm. why not be transparent with the market also? I mean, right. whether it's a hit now, whether it's a hit in two months and long term, it's not going to matter either way as long as they perform. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I don't get that. The the other big point that I want to make that I think is relevant right now, and it's due to all of the Monroe videos that have come out about the R1T teardown. I have learned so much and gained so much appreciation for how complex not only the engineering mm -hmm. of these vehicles is, but also the, the parts, the tooling, and the manufacturing side of actually being able to execute on that engineering. And like the, the video that dropped today or yesterday, whenever it was about the instrument panel, I found mm -hmm. absolutely fascinating. The other thing that I was going to bring up, guys, that as far as anticipating questions here, um, most delivery windows were delayed about four months for R1S, but some people who were a March-April delivery window were bumped back to October to December and some were bu bumped back to August, September. Some people have already tried to make sense of um, how to go figure. How does this work? Skylar, I think you replied to someone who's like, that's mistake number one, trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, and that's not exactly what I said, because yeah. I've, I've been trying to figure it out and just take a look at... Um, Various aspects, right? Mm -hmm. When did you pre-order? Where are you located? And what does your configuration look like? And I, I think that it does boil down to all those three things. My, my leading theory, though, for why some of the very earliest R1S pre-order holders, maybe in that October to December window, boils down to location actually mm -hmm. and and not in the way that you would think so when the r1t's first rolled out they were very west coast heavy so washington and california and now i think rivian with the r1s launch might actually be trying to spread the love regionally mm -hmm. and geographically a little bit which if if that's what they're doing I think it's brilliant because give Rivian exposure to areas, regions where mm -hmm. there has not been as much presence. That's a smart marketing move in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well now too, they've got the service. I mean, not necessarily the complete service infrastructure, but now they've at least got service centers in a majority of areas. It, exactly. You know. And and I see that as being an enabler to kind right. of fill in some volume in places where they weren't able to do that with the R1T. Right. I think their biggest issue, though, moving forward is the service centers they do have 
aren't going to be enough. You know, I mean, there's already talks in the threads about Atlanta already moving. And, you know, some of these other smaller service centers are now looking at doing things that they probably weren't going to be doing before because they've got to expand faster. Which which is interesting. And how much of that has to do with early vehicle designs and things that they have found since they've started to hit the mass market that need to be improved versus right. things that are going to be long-term service needs is, is yeah. my immediate thought and question to that. But yeah, there's been a lot of little things that we've seen with these early vehicles that seem to be somewhat consistent issues. Some can be addressed with, with software and matter of fact, like 12 volt issues is something that we've seen. And I think that, you know, that's something that requires a physical visit to fix, but something that hopefully they're able to address with a software update or firmware update to certain modules. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I guess if I, if I had one like personal anecdote would be, I've got four tickets right now and I'm, that I've had submitted for the last, I don't know, two, almost three weeks. And I finally had to remind them that basically that I had them because I haven't really heard much back mm. from them. Whereas early on, it was like I submitted a ticket and then usually that afternoon, that evening or the following morning, depending on how late it was in the day, I had a call from Rivian service. That, now it's just, well, they've they've really increased the number of vehicles on the road and right. the the right and and, and yeah. please yeah right and please don't take that as a knock on rivian that just goes to show um because all of the issues i have are all very minor they're they're nothing crazy the truck drives great i just when i hit the button on the tailgate to drop or when i hit the button on the bed rail to drop the tailgate the tailgate doesn't drop or um, I've got a trim piece that um, that I had ordered that I'm just basically I was that was the only thing at that time that I just need to replace because it's not clipped into place and is now so warped it won't clip into place. You know, they're all small things. Um, the latest one being gear guard Gary won't record anything, um, no matter if you're four feet from the truck or not or within four feet of the truck or not. Hmm. Um, they're all small they're all small issues. Um, but it, it's definitely, it definitely has slowed down because of the amount of vehicles on the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly have to write a lot of the minor issues off to the early adopter tax, if you will. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yep. And honestly, yep. Hopefully, I mean, I've heard about things that Rivian is addressing already with, you know, process and potentially even, you know, manufacturing hardware pieces, various things that right. are going to make it better for future owners. So mm -hmm. my, my point about service center expansion is do you manage to the rate of service growth right now? I, I don't think so because it's going to level off once the vehicles and the software is more mature. 
You mm. may you may sure. need extra capacity now that you will not need later. In other words, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, I'm I'm tracking, but I still think there's room for either maybe not necessarily more capacity at the service center level at the brick and mortar, but definitely at more of a mobile that could probably because a lot of my issues, pretty much all of my issues, could probably be fixed with a mobile service visit. Yep. You know. Yep. So, anyways. A few miscellaneous things here just to kind of add to either this episode or the podcast episode, or maybe we'll throw these snippets at YouTube. Who knows? I didn't hear you, Skylar, say that one thing that you could do to speed up your delivery because you mentioned location, configuration, order date. You didn't mention being a YouTube star or influencer as as a prereq. You had mentioned, though, that it's very smart for people like, for example, Rivian to ship a couple trucks down to Texas and not all the way to California again, because we have seen from our Rivian tracker that it's a big order base down there. Um, and I also thought that it was smart for people like Kyle Connor to get his R1T from one of these orphaned Rivians. And I personally loved that he was given that opportunity. I'm taking this opportunity just to kind of say that, that, caused a little bit of a disturbance on some forums, including a little bit of one on uh, Rivian stories. I've already kind of let the headline out for me that I'm so glad that Kyle got it to what you were just saying too about Skylar, about the early adopter tax, like people like Kyle Connor, I want him on that early adopter bandwagon because he's just so good at getting Mm -hmm. out information, reporting information, finding these bugs and improvements. Like I want one in his hand. And I actually came out on Rivian stories and just said, Rivian should give that guy one or two. (laughs) I mean, seriously, he's done a ton for Rivian. Um, But what do you guys think? Well, so he got the same opportunity that a lot of later pre-orders did. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. so I, I don't find it unusual at all. I wouldn't even attribute it to, being a quote influencer i i think he was able to get a guide and got an orphan truck and i i wouldn't look into it any further than that we just saw a report and matter of fact it hit multiple media outlets that a that one customer got his vehicle in 19 days (laughs) that's like what Kyle, a 30th, one thirtieth of the time that we've been waiting. Like, I, I don't know, something <laughs> like that. Like it, something oh, ridiculous. It's way less than the days that I've been waiting is like 1200 days at this point. Right. I mean, 1300 days. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time though, man. And, and <laughs> yeah. however, here's, here's what I have to say about that though. And I, I made a comment um, kind of in with this general perspective just today or yesterday, and it's that Rivian is now deploying the, the R1 shop. And instead of it being, hey, what guy do you get and which vehicle do they snag? It's going to be a more methodical, technology-enabled process that is going to be more, quote, fair, if, if you want to look at it that way. 
because I do assume that they're going to be rolling R1 shop opportunities to the earliest pre-orders in areas that that Rivian can can service and deliver. Mm-hmm. And the R1 shop are people already getting those invites, right? I I haven't heard of any going out yet. Yeah, I um, haven't heard any either. Okay. We were hoping to get a sneak peek on it, but haven't yet. But I thought that maybe, I mean, it's, it's close. It's very imminent. This isn't something that's months away. It's right. Days or weeks away. Yeah. yeah. Cause those, the orphan trucks, the, uh, the magical list as some were calling it. That is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, that does not exist anymore. <laughs> and, uh, Kyle, for the record, you're at 1294 days. Yeah. I just, I just, uh, did that same thing too. I went on Google. Yep. 1294. It's a lot of days. So, uh, what'd you say it was, Skylar? 14 or 19? 19 days was was that report. Yeah. So, I've been almost 1300. Can you imagine? You place your order 19 days later, you have a Rivian without obsessing mm -hmm. over it for years. What what would that be like? (laughs) Well, it's funny because on. Saturday night, I was hosting a cookout for my niece whose birthday um, was recently. And so I had family over. And then later on that evening, I went outside of the cul-de-sac. Everyone was there. And of course, the first question when I walked up by one of the guys, and he wasn't ribbing me, he was like, Schultze, what's the deal with your Rivian? And I'm like, this is hours after I get the updated delivery window. (laughs) And I told him, I was like, Kenny, it's uh, 2028. And he was like, are you serious? I'm like, well, no, but, and then, so then another one said, how long would I have to wait then? And I said that Skylar, I go, you know what? Honestly, nowhere near as long as what we have. And in yeah. fact, since you're here in Springfield, close to normal and a service center, if you ordered the truck, I go, you might wait like a month. And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, there's been people less than a month. That's mm-hmm. so they that's were the they were blown away to the rule yeah. though I think it is oh f- for sure, but um, it's possible, especially if they, yeah. And but, we've talked about that before yeah. too. That that would be at the new price, which is better for yeah. Rivian. Yep. And I don't blame Rivian for doing that either. And some people get panties all up in a bunch, but personally, I want Rivian to be around for a long time, and I can. See where it makes sense in certain instances. Hey, just, but that does bring up something, though, that CarPlay um, had a big announcement last week with the WWDC. This is the yeah. Apple Worldwide Developer Con- uh, Conference. And it looks sweet because it'll take over multiple screens and integrate with a lot more of the guts and heart and soul of the car, you know, speed and consumption of energy and all that kind of stuff. It, and it looks sweet. Um, I'm not too concerned. I mean, I love Rivian's approach. I love how it looks, but it is interesting right. to see Apple go that direction. They obviously have a great market for all these other autom- automotive companies who do traditionally stink at software. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just horrible at it. And I wouldn't put Rivian in that category at all. I'd put them more like Tesla. Um, but I, I even thought too, man, you got to wonder now that they are integrating with some of the more like the guts of the vehicle, not just the entertainment portion, as they get access to cameras 
and all that kind of stuff, I could see Apple developing autonomous driving quickly. I mean, imagine if they get their CarPlay into a dozen vehicle automakers and they could really get some miles fast. And obviously they have great engineers. Yeah. No, that is incredibly interesting. And I find it fascinating from just a technology perspective because Mm -hmm. there's multiple ways that 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 could roll out i mean everything that they showed could just be an overlay right it could use your phone's gps for speed and Mm -hmm. it's it's mainly informational it could be mainly entertainment at first but then you could start integrating deeper or make it easier for automotive oems to you know have the the core vehicle functionality either under the surface or even in an Apple standardized interface, right? But mm-hmm. just have in more or less APIs, right? Common connectors mm-hmm. between vehicle operations right. and the Apple software le- layer. And mm-hmm. a lot, I mean, yeah, that that could be a big deal. And in all honesty, if Apple is focusing on that, if I'm an automotive OEM, I want to take a real hard look at how I'm doing everything and whether it makes sense for me to invest in doing all anything more actually is probably a better way to say it. it does it make sense for me to invest in doing anything more than core vehicle controls? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well said. I can't believe we're talking about CarPlay after I... <laughs> what do you think, Jimmy? Well, I mean, if... I mean, I'll say I'll say this. After watching MKBHD's video, because he, he was the only one I watched. And he, I mean, when it comes to WWDC or anything Apple for the most part, he is my guy that I go to for watching that stuff. Um, I mean, it does look sharp. You know, mm-hmm. as long I think I think my kicker is what would sway me to the other side would be Apple's ability to take over everything from Speedo, like all of the controls that currently Speedo? Rivian has. How's it like, you can control your Speedos? Let's control Speedo, but I like no. like display all display all of that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> all right, sorry, keep going. Valid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, you know, sorry. All, all of your all of your displays and all of your infotainment and information not just not just the entertainment but all of it and, and i Jimmy, would probably get on board with that that's that's a phenomenal point and my first question is how many eyes did that open over at google and and android right because mm-hmm. both Apple and Google are all about building their ecosystems. And yeah, yeah. now uh, Apple kind of threw down the gauntlet. And we know, we mm-hmm. know that they've had a project to build their own EV. Granted, even if it right. was just the software side of it and they had it contract manufactured, I mean, App- Apple's wanting to go for it. And if other mm-hmm. players don't step up, 
they're they're probably going to win it. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll swing this all the way back around um, about a little over a year, almost two years ago. I was having a conversation with my cousin who's big in investing. And he goes, who's to say that Apple doesn't buy Rivian? And I was like, well, I, there's no way, there's no way RJ would sell it. But he goes, RJ doesn't have to sell it. Like he's way into, he, he knows way more about stocks and all this stuff. He's like, RJ doesn't have to sell it. Apple just throws enough money at it and the board will just do it. And then again, this is some way out of my wheelhouse. Who's to say Apple couldn't just buy a car company? They've got enough. They've got enough money. Oh yeah, they they could. If I was Apple, I'd be looking hard at Lucid. Yeah, Apple and Rivian do have a kind of a synergistic kind of vibe to them. But then I always thought that was ruled out with the whole Bezos thing. Amazon yeah. is a large, large. If wait, or I mean, they own like eighteen percent of Rivian, right? Right. Yeah, 18, 19, something like that. Yeah, no, that's that's a big shareholder stake. Big mm-hmm. voting stake. Okay, folks, that's it for this one. Thank you so much for listening. Please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or both. Again, it actually does help us grow and keep making content. And remember, we hang out with the amazing community over at RivianStories.com every day. Joining is completely free, so please hop on over there and we'll chat with you soon. Again, that's at RivianStories.com. Thanks.